Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for February 28th of 2020. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Walsh from HockeyHurts.com. And this week's edition of the podcast is going to be covering the trade deadline, which I believe set a record for most trades on deadline day. Believe it or not, the uh, TSN guys actually had a busy slate for a change. Last few years, the last few years, (laughs) they've been uh, picking Team Canada in like the Olympics a decade from now. Well, they're doing that now anyway because of the golden goal bloody oh, yeah. rehash at the moment. <laughs> That's right. Um, so we're going to, you know, make our way through the trade deadline. It uh, would be the obvious topic, so that's what we're going to do. <laughs> and we're going to start with the Penguins, who are very active. Um, you could count Jason Zucker kind of within the trade deadline, even though it was prior to, but... That was the the big move the Penguins made, a, a good move. And then they made a few depth moves, and uh, I like both of them. Do you have an inside track because you got the Connoisseur thing right? That is the question. What's that? Well, they've got Connoisseur. Yeah, I, I'm not against that. I thought it was pretty dumb that they signed Jack Johnson and to trade him. And oh, don't get me started. It... Uh, didn't work. <laughs> uh, Still isn't working. I think I was really surprised that Dominic Cahoon went the other way. I guess yeah, really? I, I wasn't really attached or anything, but I well, thought he had done a decent job after a very slow start. What? Any idea why? Just that obviously you do have to give to get at, at certain points. So they there's a few avenues. Um, one Buffalo probably was happy to get a cost-controlled forward back that showed a little bit of something, something. You know, some at least at the very least some depth offense for that roster that sorely needs it. Yeah, it's a good point. In an RFA who's 24, um, I think Pittsburgh might is okay with it because they get two good depth players back, and their fourth line. I I thought it wasn't very good. I know. Some people were happy with it. I just didn't think a Stanley Cup contender would have a fourth line like that, and they no longer do. Evan Rodriguez, pretty good saber until this year. Um, he was Jack Eichel's teammate in college, and then they signed him as a college free agent, and he did a pretty good job his first couple years. For whatever reason, he didn't this year. I think he'll fit in pretty good. Connor Sherry, he can play all throughout the lineup. He can play with Sidney Crosby, um, led the league in – 5v5 points per 60 playing with Sidney Crosby. <laughs> he um, can fall down up and down the lineup as well. It's usually the argument you hear. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does fall down uh, quite a bit. Um, and that's still the case. So anybody <laughs> wondering if that <laughs> yeah, got fixed, it did not. We're not denying that at all. <laughs> but I thought that's a good, good move. Might even be able to sign him as an unrestricted free agent in the similar price range, maybe even lower because his offensive numbers haven't really been that good since they left or he left. So I guess the Cahoon thing, he's been hurt quite a bit lately. Maybe they were just not willing to risk it anymore when they can get a comparable player back. And then another one didn't want to wait, which, which makes sense. You need them on the ice or there's something about his play. They didn't like Maybe I don't know. Anyways, he's 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 a saber and he's gone now. Yeah, Connor Sherry, Evan Rodriguez, two positive um, additions, and then the biggest the the big one from earlier in the day, Pat, Patrick Marlowe. And um, at first I was only viewing the move just pretty from a on ice perspective of like, you know, what can he actually do as a player. Uh, when the trade first went down and then um, you know after some time passed you know it started I started to think about it's Patrick Marlowe that's pretty cool he's been an awesome player for 20 years Um, and a big Penguins fan as a kid yeah that that um, that's kind of when I actually started thinking about it that way Uh, it triggered me to uh, he's had an awesome career Uh, he's not that player anymore but still it's cool to have that you know 
he wants a Stanley Cup, and they got a pretty darn good team. He might get it. So the thing, the thing with this is that he can still skate, right? This team's built around speed. Above two, average, too. And the two guys that they've got, like Sherry and Rodriguez, can skate. So wherever you do slot them into the lineup, I have a feeling there are going to be some fans that expect Marlow to play in the top six. I'll be shattered if he plays in the top I, six. I, I think they've been pretty clear about the expectation there. No, I no, would no. not be the surprised penguins, if he does. The Penguins have been clear on that expectation. I'm talking about the fans. I think if he's playing on the fourth line because everyone else is playing better in front oh, of him, he won't play that, is fan, that is fantastic because you could play the fourth line eight to ten minutes and, and give him second power play unit minutes if you need to. He's not going to play the No, I just, it, what I mean is it's like if he gets nudged down to there, everyone else is playing better in front of him. It's oh, not a well, bad, I get that. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. And, and, and like... My theory is that he'll end up playing with Bukestad on the fourth line, and that is not a scrub. He's overpaid, but... I I think it's likelier he plays in the top six, to be honest. I think there are guys that finish better than him in the top six. I could be wrong, and I'd love to be wrong, and he goes on a tear, but I just just can't see it. But we'll never know. We'll we'll find out. He still does a lot of things well. I'm not looking for a permanent top six. I think... He, much like Connor Sherry, much like, you know, I know Brian Rust is having quite a year, but I would still group him in like a top six tweener that's not like a full-time. Yeah. Because yeah, he's, exactly he's kind of right. on a cold streak right now. I mean, it was bound to happen. I don't hold it against him. But they got a lot of wingers that are kind of in that. They're not full-time top six wingers, but a, a lot of them can play the part. It's just yeah. not going to last you know a half season and and that's the thing when you have two generational centers the job of the coach is to rotate those tweeners as they get hot and cold so you you need to try and find somebody else to fill the the rust cold streak until he gets hot again and and that's the challenge it's like the timing of that is for for rust i would leave him there but yes i i know what you're saying I, I don't know why. I just I would leave Russ there just because he's had that good of a year. And I'm looking down the right wingers and, you know. Well, who else do you replace him with? That's the other challenge. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna go through some of the wingers they have: Marlowe, Simone, uh, McCann. If you wanna go there with that, uh, Sherry, Rust, Hornquist, Zucker. Outside of Zucker, I don't see any full-time top six guys. I don't think Hornquist qualifies anymore. Yeah, I, I agree. He's a power play specialist. And even then, I don't like that. But that's a lot of guys who can play yeah. up and down, and I think that's good. And if they can make it to May and get Gensel back, now now you're, now you're oh, cooking. You see, just, that's just pipe dreaming. It's not, though. Oh. The happening back thing is, oh, I was just terrified of that. But yeah, I know what you're saying. But when he's healed, he's healed. He'll be back. Yeah, no, you, you're not. You're absolutely not wrong. I, I, that's not my. That's not my argument. It's just yeah. So, you know, those are really good moves. That's good forward depth, and they all check the boxes of the kinds of players that made them who they were in 2015-16. The only thing you're really missing is a high-end winger in Kessel. You know? Yeah, I was just when you said that, I'm thinking, oh, where do you put Zucker in that? And he's not the same level of player as Kessel, so. No, and you, that, you, you know, you're right. That's you know, not a dig at, at Zucker. It's just the reality is, even though, I mean, Kessel did what, 92, 82 points his last two years yeah. as a Penguin? No, I know. And, and people do forget that because of what goes on around Phil Kessel. Like, that's the thing I find interesting. And no, I don't think he'd be up near there this year, clearly, but I think he'd probably yeah. be around 60. So, just with the way the depth charts maneuvered since these changes, does Dominic Simone, do they get enough benefit out of the really good little things that Dominic Simone does on a third line? Uh, depending. Maybe not currently. 
Because you, you you know why I'm asking. Right? There's a reason that Crosby loves having him out there because he retrieves pucks. He cuts, well, he, that, that's all true, but the OG playing that role is back on the team. No, I yes, and I I fully understand that. It, I'm just curious in regards to. Well, they can't do anything about it now because the deadline's gone. But does he almost become superfluous, or do you put him on Malkin's line and get him to do the same thing for Gino? Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't like Hornquist up on that line. I think, you know, it it, it, it kind of paints the picture of how tough it it's going to be for Mike Sullivan to figure a lot of this out because you could make arguments in a lot of different ways. Yeah. I would keep Sherry up with Crosby just because of his finishing abilities better. Yes, that's absolutely true. Um, Dominic Simone for whatever reason, he's just not, not that Sherry's like an explosive goal scorer, but he, he's, he's better at it than Simone. And a lot of the other things are a wash. So I think you got to give Sid two guys that can finish. Can you give that to Gino as well? Oh, Gino's got rust and rust will come around. And... Oh, no, no, I'm not worried about rust. That's not, that's well, not that, that was my Marlowe argument. <laughs> Well, and that's that's I suppose that's fine if you can. I wouldn't mind seeing Marlowe, Malkin, and Rust. I know that's probably not how it's gonna go right away. Um, yeah. It does leave a strange third line, though. I assume you could have McCann centering Hornquist and Simone. I I, I don't love it, but Hornquist and Simone with Bugstad was quite an analytics darling. Yeah. So it's, those two wingers have played together and have been productive. Does it feel like to you, because they didn't touch the back end, that they are literally loading up on the fact that if we have the puck, we don't have to worry about our defense? I think they just want to press everybody right from the right from the goal line and just not let them get out of their zone and just pray that, that Murray and Jarry make the save that's inevitably going to have to happen because the way the defense is playing at the moment, and I know they're going to get guys back. Yeah, there's there's good news ahead. We're going to shit talk some of what's happened, but there is good news ahead. They're going to, um, they'll be fine in the near future. Yeah, because if, if that defense picks back up to where we expect it to because the pairings are, are better, this team is... is they're, they're equipped ter- to do terrifying. a good job. And, yeah. Um, Problem being, the East is pretty great. So, um, even well, even a great thing. team is a lot of great it's teams are like going to find their way out. It's not like the fucking Pacific. No, like that fucking division. You sit there and go, that someone's like someone's guaranteed unless the crossover team wins, which is fucking possible. It, the the Pacific team gets a walk into the conference finals. That's the thing that shit about this goddamn playoff system sorry yeah <laughs> no arguments um no the penguins obviously they got their hands full they'll play the capitals in round two if things go well <laughs> like going going well means they meet the capitals in round two uh That's nuts because you know tampa and boston would be a handful on the other end of that well, yeah, and that's the thing. It's no easier in the Atlantic. Like, it, it, it sucks balls over there as well. And um, the crossover teams for the divisional winners are not going to be easy, no matter who's in. Like, you know, the analytics darling Carolina are currently outside of the playoffs looking in. Looks like Boston's probably going to win the conference. I wouldn't want to be Boston playing that Carolina team if they get both their goalies back and everyone's healthy, which is an if, but the East this year is just garbage if you if you look at it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it sucks. Yeah, it's tough. Um, but they're in they're in a good spot to compete. The, the yeah. last two years, the last two years were complete shit. I just. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't. What happened? Uh, uh, but the choices have been better, and it was simple: speed and skill. Don't let hubris. don't let Tom Wilson run your shit. It was hubris. 
and it was I know better than I know better than what happened, and we'll we can just change what we were, and it'll still work. That's all it was. So, I'm excited to see how the the lines and stuff go. Um, they're going to be playing in a, about 40 minutes uh, against the Ducks, a little West Coast game. So kind of worked out for the recording of this and then having something to look forward to after. Uh, but, you know, we talked a lot about the forwards. Yeah, the defense. I know you must get sick of writing about it, but you need to keep pushing it out there. Just to remind everybody how ridiculous it is that one of the best defenders going around at the moment is getting absolutely caved in by his partner. Well, it, it, it's actually worse than that. I'll get to that momentarily. Um, you know, it doesn't really bother me to write about it because, you know, I write about what the team gives me. <laughs> like, I'm not really in, well, con- not I'm not in control of what happens. I just take what happens, and that's the topic. Well, the biggest thing impacting the roster right now, and, and a lot of times, has been Jack Johnson. And people, I mean, people want to say he's been better this year, and he has objectively not been. He has the same, he's the same player. Uh, the skater charts are identical. He's not better. So whatever pretend land, like, your real, your reality's in, uh, it's just not the case. He's really terrible, and he got elevated to top pairing duty, I said I was fine with that at the beginning because, like, whatever, you wanted to keep Pedersen with Marino, I get it. But Marino got hurt, and they left it. And then they didn't have any good pairings. And then you're crushing the value of your best defender. Absolutely crushing it. Like, Not, not just the uh, best defender, either. So, Micah Blake McCurdy's... Um, Environment distiller charts are pretty useful because you get to pick and choose the players that, you know, any combos that you want. So I did Sidney Crosby, Chris Letang, without Jack Johnson. And the offensive threat that they have is plus 55%, which means they're 55% better than average I haven't seen a number that high this year. Now, mind you, I haven't fooled around with, like, Pasternak and Marshand, for example. I'm actually... I might do that after the that's, podcast. That's, I might do it right now. Thing, yeah. I might do that right now. <laughs> uh, any guesses? I, I, I might go as high as 70-something. Yeah, well, I'll be... I don't know what, I don't know do what 60, would be... We'll do 66. Okay, fair enough. I don't, I don't even know how ludicrous the 55 number is, other than... I hadn't seen anything that high um, yet. So those two on the ice without Jack Johnson have been an elite, as you would expect, combo. And it's just not the case anymore. When you put Jack Johnson with them, it goes to minus 23. 23% worse than average. Why do you want to help the other team? Which is basically what they're doing. So on, by trying the, to wash out the negativity of Jack Johnson. On the good chart? They're caving everything. It's all red in front of the net, which means like that's them. And the Jack Johnson chart, it's all blue. Like they turn into an objectively Chris Letang and Sidney Crosby are objectively bad. When he plays with them. You've got to be really bad to make them objectively bad. And that's unacceptable. And it's either coaching malpractice or the front office is getting involved in decisions. And I don't like the sound of either. Well, the coaching malpractice is a contentious point with myself because people are talking about Mike Sullivan as coach of the year because of how well Pittsburgh have done. And they have. In the standings. Uh, yeah, and they absolutely have. But coaching is about this stuff, and this is malpractice. This is 
This is ignoring stuff that's in front of you. And we know they see this stuff. We know they see these numbers. And they quite clearly think that putting anybody else with Chris Letang will be worse than this. I just I just shake my head at that. I don't think you could get worse than this. And that would even be changing what happens down the lineup because you've got, you know, Johnson has to play with somebody the way they're filling the lineup out, which isn't actually true. You could just sit him. Yeah, he's literally below replacement think, level, which means, yeah. <laughs> guess what? The replacement's better. Yeah, which means putting freaking Zach Trotman out there would be better than having yes. Jack Johnson yep. at the moment. That's, that, that's legit. That's just, how bad just, he is. Just for context. Yeah, just for context. And they're refusing to do anything with it, which Sullivan has proven to be quite smart in regards to lineup and all that sort of stuff. So it is terrifying that if it's the fucking management saying, no, 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 you've got to play him. I think what would be worse is if, because everybody loves to, to lay this down as a reason, oh, he's best friends with Sidney Crosby. It's like, this, that's even worse. I don't worse. think that has anything you, to do with it, to be honest. Correct. I am just saying some of the arguments that get laid out there. It's like, Sid, he's cratering what you do. Oh, I don't care. It's like at some point as a coach, you go, fuck you. So these these uh, environment distilling charts, they, they go back many years. And I looked at Jack Johnson's, and for his offense, every year in the league has been a negative. And every year, That's every year in the league defensively, he's been a positive, which, which isn't good. You want to be negative on defense. He's been bad on both ends of the ice for over a decade, every single year. He's one of the most consistently bad players in the NHL, and if he wasn't drafted third overall, his ass would be out of the league at least five years ago. A Pittsburgh signing for how long? I think there's three more. Hey, well, Seattle's coming around the corner. <laughs> they... They just hired NN Stats today. I know. I saw so that. That's, well, that's, there goes that idea, Cameron. Between that, that analytics God, God damn it. is not going to take Jack Johnson unless they're getting a pretty handsome return to, for doing Two it. Two first-round draft picks. Yeah, like four first-rounders <laughs> or something. Um, oh, wow. Uh, Marshawn, Pasternak. They're only plus 13. I'm, I'm shocked. Really? Yeah. Jeez, they must give up a bit the other way. No, then. this is just uh, offense. Oh, okay. Sorry. They're minus sorry, nine sorry, defensively. Sorry. They're good defensively, but um, I thought that was going to be high. It's 70. <laughs> uh, a little bit Hang on, so bit you're off. saying they're plus 17, yet Sid plus and Latang together is plus, 50, plus, plus okay. 55. Yeah. Now, that's a forward that's and nuts. defender, but I, I just assumed. I tried to pick like the best duo in the league. Which they they I they got to be right there. Are. So that was, I yeah. I would love to see. Um, oh my, I can go back. All right, <laughs> I'll keep this one a surprise till it pops up. Um, did you want to do anything else with the Penguins? Uh, no, um, the I'm really stoked with what they've done. As long as the the players come back and play at the level they were before they got hurt obviously talking about the back end guys um i think they're really primed to do well you've got bukestad that they can slot in on the fourth line or, or whatever when he comes back and then obviously there's the the pipe dream of, of gensel coming in late in the year so really happy with how this roster's turned out i know that i uh, get on rutherford's case a fair bit um but him going back to speed and skill and and him uh, sticking with it through the year, I, I think, uh, has put them in a really good spot to do well. And who knows, they might go out in the first round, but I, I, it won't be because the roster construction is terrible. Yeah, it's refreshing that it's back to some form of logic. The, you know, but that's what makes him average. Maddening. You know, he makes a lot of deals, but he's an average GM, so the bad and good have to counteract one another. Right now. He's on a heater, and that's good. And Which is good. We're in a good spot. <laughs> so, um.
Another team I think that did well, um, Carolina, his former stomping grounds. I don't know how they got away with this. Which one? I mean, I know it. I Vinny. know which one. Um, <laughs> what are you doing, man? Yeah. Did anybody ever get a reason why the Florida Panthers were so gung-ho on trading Trocek? Not being able to see what that is. I've not understood. I don't know who he pissed off. I don't know whether he's placed completely His his, off. his like, points, his points and goals were down this year and last. Uh, but his on-ice save percentage is really low this year, so... But isn't the entire Panthers really low this year? I don't know, but that's a Dale Talon move would be to not understand on any save percentage and make your perception based on that. <laughs> yeah, that, that does that, that does wash. That does make sense. So that's, that's a great fit for Carolina. They had a need. Uh, he signed. So they got him for a few more years at a very reasonable number. Uh, I think he'll fit in great there. Don't you? Does does he push? Does he push stall down the lineup? I would suggest yes. Um, it depends on what your opinion of up and down is and roll, I suppose. Well, particularly with particularly with that roster. I mean, that one roster is. It feels like they really blend that roster up, but yeah, because they, I, they I don't think stall's minutes are their number one. Well, no, no, it's just not about his minutes. It's just about where they dump him in the lineup and, and stuff. I mean, the skill sets that both those players have. All right, really so similar. they got Svechnikov, so, Aho, and Teravainen on line one. That's decent. Fogel. Pretty good fucking sense. Stahl, Williams, line two. Niederreiter, Trocek, Nekis, line three. And then line four is Dezingle, Martinuk, McGinn. Jeez, they're deep. Um... Yeah, those second and third lines, it's just coin flip on the night, whoever's playing well at the time. I, the I problem put it that way. is, you know, Hamilton and Brett Pesci going out. Brutal for them. Like, that's a good defense core, and they just took it on the chin with those injuries. And then they traded for an injured one again. Oh, yeah, Vatnin. <laughs> Which I think is a good addition. They think he'll be back. That'll like, be fine. Their um, D is still better than half the league. Edmondson, Slavin, yeah. Gardner, Van Riemsdyk, Fleury, Brady Shea. I mean, maybe it's not better than half the league, but... Oh, shit, I forgot about the Brady Shea trade. Um, <laughs> that's not bad for having Hamilton and Pesci out. No, and and, and, and Hamilton have, being a Norris, have, legit Norris candidate. Yeah, they're gonna have like they get everyone back, but they're gonna have eight, eight defense. They, they've gone, they've got. We've obviously lost all of our freaking defensemen now. Like we've lost important defensemen this year. Let's make sure we have NHL level defensemen to replace them with when we need to, because I don't think they trust the fact they're gonna stay healthy. Which makes sense to me. I mean, imagine if they got Hamilton back in the third round, which I don't think is legitimately. I don't. Possible, I don't. But, is this timeline yeah. that bad? It's it, yeah. Everything I've read's been indefinite. And, that sucks. Oh, and you go, yeah, because they this team is built. They did it well, but they're not in a bad spot either. They're not losing anybody. No. They are out of the playoffs, though, and they don't have either of their two The goaltending thing's weird. I really thought they'd do something there. Yeah, Vegas yeah, um, I don't have much more ad to add on Carolina, so there's your segue. Um, Robin Lehner. That trade, as far as I'm concerned, makes them, for me, the favorite in the West. And I know St. Louis fans, not that any of them probably listen to this, will be pissed at me saying that, but... That was their one biggest flaw that they had was was Fleury's inconsistency. And Robin Lehner is more than a capable backup. He's a legit number one starter. So if Fleury craters, I don't think um, Dubois is going to have any qualms. They didn't get Robin Lehner to sit him if, if there's an issue. And the argument... Correct. 
just even though Laner's new to the team, he should start as the starter right now because his year has been insanely better than Flurry. And it's funny, since I got back from my trip, Fleury's been better. Yeah, he got shut out. Yeah. Ignoring that, he just through his games, he's he's been better. Like, we know Fleury just gets random shutouts. Like, yeah, he had like, he had like 10 shutouts like, one year, and his save percentage was like 908 or some shit. <laughs> yeah, and you sit there and go, how is that even fucking possible? But that's just the sort of goal he is. Um, but he's been better. And if both of them are, are playing well, then it means they might be able to just play Fleury a few less games yeah, towards the end of the year. Because everybody, everybody knows my opinion on goalies playing more than 55 in a season. Um, and at least then you know that Leonard's going to be ready if you have to have him play. Yep, that makes sense. Which which I think they will. <laughs> which I think they will. Uh, if anything goes by their inaugural year, just play Leonard in the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> yeah. Um... Brutal to say about your favorite player, but <laughs> that was pretty much how it worked. Yeah, Vegas is uh, great, great team. Their their underlying numbers yeah, are terrific. They, they, the the goaltending is literally it, and they have a legitimate yeah safety plan now. So and they're in the Pacific Division. Yeah. And I think one of the bonuses of having. DeBoer in there is I don't think he has an emotional attachment to any player on that roster so if they fuck up he'll just he'll just sit them and that's important when it comes to the flurry thing yeah so they're going to be dangerous um, just trying to go down the list here JG Pajot Yeah, that's and then the and then the rush to I don't know if sign right out of all of thirty this. million for six years. <laughs> Classic blue. Yeah. I don't get that at all. I don't. I don't get the. I don't get the signing part of it. Well, that that was always going to happen. He's, if he's... The, the, the the draft package to get him was pretty. 2020 first rounder, 2020 second, 2022 third. The, the first rounder is conditional. Um, in the sense, it's going to be a first rounder. It's just a matter of if the um, Islanders pick in the top three this year, it shifts to next year. How happy would you be if you were Ottawa and the Islanders picked fourth? Oh, yeah. And the San, and the San Jose Sharks picked in the top three. And you suck. You're there well, too. <laughs> yeah, and you and you pick in the top, and you just sit there and go, if there's ever a way for a franchise to either turn it around really quickly or completely get it wrong, it would be the 2021 draft. If all of that occurred, so yeah, the Ottawa's did well in this. The, the, I thought so yeah. too. They, they they did well through the entire deadline. They, they they did what they needed to do, which was utilize the assets they have to get back a good return, which is something I don't think they did with Hoffman and Stone. No. Um, and it's kind of low, but he's a depth guy, I guess. I thought that was a good trade for Edmonton. Yeah. Believe it or not. But the Pajot thing, I mean, shooting percentage driven, he's not a top six guy. They're going to pay him like one. They bought high on him, and he's in his late twenties. Like, you know, there's no room. There's no room for statistical growth in the counting stats. That's probably good the defensive player, but I'm not paying a premium for that. You're not Lula Morello. No, I'm not. <laughs> I let my players wear double-digit numbers, and they can have facial hair. You know, tired. Yeah, he's. I don't know. That 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 was one of the ones that whoever traded for Pajo was. I was a little bit concerned about just because, like, you know, you're dealing with the variance of a shooting percentage driving perception. It's never good when you're buying high, on that, in my opinion. So. I'm I'm still trying to work out how. 
we know the NHL's got a long way to go in management levels in regards to trusting numbers that aren't That's traditional Seattle. numbers. <laughs> no. But shooting percentage is basic. A, I would consider it a traditional number. Yeah, correct. So I'm sitting there going, he's had his shooting percentage at, at X, 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 X. Suddenly it's, it's, it's B, and it's like, okay, so there's a definite spike here. Why is that the case? You really think he's going to replicate it with that kind of jump? It's like, well... Quite clearly, they do. Maniacs. Yeah, clearly they do. Um, I know you wanted to talk about Kovalchuk. Well done by the Islanders. Uh, by the Islanders, sorry. By the uh, by the Capitals. I think he I thought well done by well. Montreal, too, to get um, him for peanuts. Have a great experience with him there. Opening the door for maybe re-signing. Even after this Capitals run. And for the Capitals, great. Another just scary ass shooter <laughs> on that in that lineup. Um, I, I yeah. think the fit isn't perfect on that because Kovalchuk, yeah, one of his best I'm, assets, I'm, I'm is okay he's not taking Ovechkin's spot on that power play. So he's he's like Kessel though. I reckon he's a better pass than he gets credit for. Kovalchuk? Yeah, I agree, but, yeah. you know, he's that power play is one of the best. He's not going to get... From a personnel standpoint, yeah, he won't get power play what one... each guy's role is, yeah. I would not touch that power play. The, the, he's he's a second no. power play guy for them. Yep. Yep. And, and you're going to need that in the playoffs. It'll be interesting to see how they use him to ex- even strength. That's a good question. I just, I like the... I like the yeah. fact that they did it. I like it for both teams. Um, I yeah. like seeing Kovalchuk get a get maybe get a chance here, make a run. He's been on some really bad teams a lot of his career. I know he he had the Stanley Cup final run, which he was a huge part of. He carried. He yeah, he was awesome. Um, but most mostly everything else was pretty pretty bad. Uh, I can't speak for his uh, Dynamo Moscow team, but he's on a line right now with Hagelin and Eller. Eh, not exactly two guys I think are going to elevate his skill set per se. But no, but I think I think if they let him do what he does well, he creates space for those two guys. You pitch him into areas where he can just load up and and rip it. Teams are going to gravitate towards him, and so yeah, they're, he clearly know, they're banking quick. on him being quality depth scoring because you, you know Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Wilson, good line, Verana, Backstrom, Oshie, good line. Not really looking to change anything there. It's just a matter of how nope. you want to uh, deploy the the bottom six there. And I was going to look to see if anybody was injured for the Capitals, but fucking of course not. They're like the league's lowest fucking <laughs> injured team. <laughs> the thing that the thing that I might derail them is... An injury? <laughs> Holtby's had an average... Well, yeah, but Holtby's had an That's average kind. year this year. By, by like that. He's had a terrible year. I was trying to be kind. Um, and Samsonov hasn't. If they... Hold with Holtby because that's what they're going to. That's what they say they're going to do. He could be the thing that tanks. You know, he could flurry them, and they've got a guy that is quite capable of not doing that. And it would be a shame to see a year be roasted yeah, by the shame. fact that Holtby shame just looks a, a couple of leaks. Strong, I'd be fine. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> I would be too. <laughs> it's fine. Sorry, that's the that's the penguin coming out of me. That is. <laughs> um, but yeah, Can we give totally unbiased analysis in this podcast, Ryan. What are you talking yeah, I about? Said Jack Johnson sucked. That's as objective as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Um, let's see, Edmonton. Few little depth moves. I don't think it really moves the needle, but the 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 targets for players they made I thought were fine I just don't know well Ananasiu I don't know I guess 
he's one of those guys that if he's not scoring, there's not a lot there. But he's fast as shit, and, I, and he's going to play with McDavid. Yeah, sign me up for that. He's going to be able to keep up. So <laughs> might even be faster. Who knows? He's uh, he's well, up there. It's an argument you can certainly make. Yeah. Oh, it's it's funny. And guess what? To relate Dennis back to the, the Penguins, the thing that I find interesting is you, you sit there with it and go, um, "Are they both going to be like uh, Pascal Dupuy? Can keep up, get to the right spots, just know, not finish?" Did okay. Yeah, he did, but that was always the that was always the grind. Yeah, he wasn't elite finisher. He, he did he did good. One thing that's good, though, by doing that is that it separates Drysaddle from McDavid. And they needed that. For them to go anywhere in the playoffs, they, they needed to separate those two. Yeah. You, you know, you're down late in the game. That's a great option to have. Oh, absolutely. But it's pretty rough to do a whole game. And then try to play them close to thirty minutes, like they did some of the nights. That's that's tough. Um, you know what I didn't realize? I didn't realize that Mike Green had an MCL injury. Oh really? I didn't either, for that matter. Like, did that literally just happen, and I'm just slightly out of it? Like, you know, I saw Chris Crowder broke his ankle today. Like, after, you know, not getting traded and then signing that new deal, like, he's probably toast for the year after Puck broke his ankle, but you sort of sit there and go, what? Wait, Kreider broke his ankle? When? Yeah. Today's game, today's New York game. No shit. Yeah. I've, 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 I've Look, been out, I had a daddy-daughter dance at the school. Correct. I am, I've, so this happened today. Yes, while you were being a responsible okay. father, Crowder well, broke sucks. his ankle. I mean, yeah, I know. It sucks because I don't like it on a human level. I don't think it really impacts anything hockey-wise. They're yeah, only yeah, two yeah. points out of a freaking okay. wildcard spot. Like I know you go, yeah, yeah, but at this point of the year, it only takes people in front of them to have a. The Penguins are having like a four-game losing streak of any of those wildcard teams, and they suddenly jump them. Uh-huh. I know you don't I, I get that. I'm just saying it's like I get I understand why they weren't gonna sell Kreider unless they got a truckload back for him. I get that now. The re signing is fine, I guess. He's he's he is a really good player. Yeah. Um and I can understand Kreider wanting to stay because it's fucking new york city new york? and it's really cool <laughs> your place of employment was to play sports and walk outside of the arena and you're in manhattan um it's a tough gig tough gig there's a reason why Henry Lundquist doesn't want to leave yeah he's only got like three starts this calendar year and they've played each of the other two goalies both games on a back-to-back i thought i read that tweet today did you did you listen to the the Thirty One Thoughts podcast where they were no, talking I, about Lundqvist? Quite frankly, I've never. Oh, okay. It, it's you can tell that they have that you can tell the Rangers don't have any idea how to handle this. In that, who would have any idea how to handle this? Do you know what I mean? Like he's been the franchise for 12, 15 years. They quite clearly want to keep the two young guys. Seattle. Although Seattle's not playing next year, so yeah, that wow. doesn't really help. Correct. That doesn't solve them now, and, and that's the thing. It's like, I, I don't know how they figure It's tough. Like, I, you wouldn't want to be a GM in this situation. He deserves to be respected with whatever decision he makes, but it's, you know, Friedman got there and said, what do you do? You buy him out and let him choose to do what he wants after that, and then just say, whatever you want to do coming back after your career, there'll always yeah. be a job for yeah. you in New York. It's tough. Because you know, goalies, you gotta, you gotta yeah. get them right, and you gotta move on when it's time to move on. Um, 
Yeah, it sucks for the Raiders. Is he even so. is, is Lundqvist yeah, and once again, horrible but, or is it just? I don't think he's been horrible. I just it's just one of those things where this was a year that they weren't expecting to be as far up in the standings as they have been, and I think the the two kids have done the oh and and uh, Temi Panarin have, have have done what is a Rangers fan you would want them to do, which is just totally outperform expectations. And I know the bread man had high expectations going in, but he's been fabulous. And the goalies have really he's done been the job. nine oh seven the last couple of years, which which is not terrible. Yeah, it's league it's average. A little below, it's just not but Hank. Not it's not crushing. It's not losing you stacks of games. His career average is nine eighteen, which is pretty all all situations. Okay. And that's what I mean. It's not Hank, and and that's probably the problem. So that'll be an off season decision. That's going to be a shit one for for management. But you know, once again, a little bit like the Capitals, eh, not really that upset. Yeah, Capitals are thrilled to be going away from Holtby after this year. I can guarantee that. He's not coming back. Whoever, yeah, Edmonton will sign him. Yeah. Whoever signs that next deal, holy shit, they're gonna be in a world of hurt. Yep. Wow. Don't sign Braden Holtby. Edmonton, except you, because that's on brand. You know, it's one of those things where this is just the weird way my brain works. There's a part of me that just doesn't want Edmonton to, to succeed, right? Which sucks for the league and for me as a fan because it's like you want to see McDavid. It only in the sucks for the league because McDavid's there. If McDavid wasn't there, the league wouldn't give a shit. Yep. You know what I'm saying, right? You get there and it's, it's just. Uh... So, yeah, it just just seems crazy to me. But they would, they would do something like that. Absolutely. I'm trying to think, is there anything? No, nothing else really jumps out. I mean, you know, Carolina won the deadline. I thought Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh if he well comes over, clear, clear. Yeah, um, yeah. I think, and like I said, I think Vegas totally won. They covered the one glaring hole that could tank their entire playoff run. And if anything's to go by by the trend since we saw our game... Um, he's the the hole's been a little better. Yeah, they were up four one <laughs> so, and we were expected goals sixty five percent that game and lost, giving up six. Yeah, but he's been he's been better shootout, since that. So my say. wife did say that. My wife did get there and say that where the reason he's playing better. Yeah, maybe he was nervous. Since we left, had to be had to be the case. But they've got they've got a backup for if he does have one of those cratering fall offs that he, he, he can often have so I would be terrified if I was the West of, of what what they could do because they own the puck when they when they play yeah they're they're excellent yeah. the last 10 8-1-1 one one. it's just you so yeah and and they're good fun to watch too I think that's the, the thing it's not like it's those like guys it's New Jersey fast. Devils they play fast it was good hmm. I really enjoyed attending that game and NHL games are hit and miss how good um, the quality is at a game well that goes without saying because the Tampa LA game that I saw was a bit of a snooze fest yeah that's the thing you pay big money and it might not be good yeah and that's a Tampa Bay team that can play like it just it happens so you know, you, you want to take family to a good game, and then the only way you bail them out is you're in a suite. It's, it's a bit tough, LA, I tell you. You're not helping the cause. Yeah. So, I don't know. Is that it? Oh, yeah, I'll do it. Let's go watch yeah, this it's thing. Yeah, it's 10.03. Puck drop. Um, before we go, I just wanted a, a Bob Grove tweet that I thought was interesting. It is the 10-year anniversary of the golden goal, I believe, right, that Sid scored? Correct. They're playing the Ducks, yep, yep, yep. and uh, who? Ryan Miller. Miller. Both of them are in the same building, <laughs> and I, I don't know. I just think that's cool. I always appreciated the standing ovation the Penguins fans gave Ryan Miller the first game back after the Olympics, because uh, Ryan Miller was that legendary, legendary 
tournament for him. He's one of those goalies where you do kind of feel sorry for him that uh, that he didn't get the accolades or the winning rewards that he probably should have through his career just because Did of circumstantial situations. Didn't get to the Stanley Cup finals. Uh, though, and, the 05-06 you know, oh, conference finals where every Buffalo oh, defender shit. got hurt. They were a legitimately good team and probably should have beat the Hurricanes if they were healthy. Yeah, health could be a problem. Yeah, and the Sabres lost like every defender. <laughs> so. It's all right, it was all Cam one. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the trade deadline. We got some good hockey coming up. I look forward to Dumoulin and Marino being back in because the Penguins' expected goals looks like an awesome sledding hill. And and that's not a <laughs> dig at anything other than you lose good players, your results suffer. And when you plug horrible player in an elevated role to sink what great players you still have in the lineup, yeah, yeah, that's what you get. So Jack Johnson will not be playing there uh, probably within the next week. And I think we'll start to see some underlying numbers that reflect the talent that's on the roster. He's not coach of the year. Um, no, the Penguins goalies don't have a high enough save percentage. Don't you know that you have to lead the league in save percentage or come close to, to win coach of the year? So. <laughs> yes, that is the common rule. Yeah. All right, right, let's go watch this thing. See you next time. Thanks, guys.